Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all theater lovers, it's me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, back with another episode of the Broadway cast with Ben Cameron. And now is the time to seize the day on the Broadway cast. See what I did there? All right, who out there listening remembers the original Newsies movie? Ah, I'll wait. No, I won't. Okay. It was heaven. I was a theater-obsessed preteen when I saw the film, which starred Christian Bale. Yes, that Christian Bale, American Psycho Christian Bale, Gore the God Butcher Christian Bale. All these dudes were dancing and singing. They weren't even dressed up as cats. Can you imagine? If you remember the film, you surely also remember thinking, when are they taking this thing to Broadway? It seemed like a no-brainer like never before. I figured I would hit my peak at just the right time and be a Broadway Newsie for sure. Well, the road to Broadway for the Newsies was a long one. Uh, I guess it's time that I said this out loud. I hope you support me in this. I did age out. I feel better now. I feel cleansed. It was worth the wait, though. Newsies hit the stage, and the world did know. See? I did it again. I remember sitting in the mezzanine of the Nederlander Theater... And I may as well have been at a One Direction concert. So crazy were the fans. Where did they find these boys, these rock stars, all singers and incredible dancers with a medium age of, I don't know, like 14? Newsies became a phenomenon in a way the film could never have been. Newsy trading cards, check. Stage door mania, check. It's been 10 years now since Newsies became the king of New York. And I wanted to check in with a few of the gents who know what it is to carry the banner. Oh, somebody stop me. All right, today we welcome my pals, Ben Fankhauser, Ryan Steele, and the very shy and demure, Tommy Brocco, to reminisce on the show, The Change Theater, and their lives forever. It's all about the newsies. Now, before we meet those gents, want to remind you to subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, share us with your friends. And if you'd like to support us further, by all means, become a supporter on Patreon and we'll make exclusive content just for you and nobody else. Just you. You can click the link in the liner notes and support our Patreon family right there. All right. Put on a newsboy cap. Here we go. Let's go on with the show. As a wise person once said, open the gates and seize the day with these. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like that for the whole show, my friends. <laughs> They're already giggling. That's what it's going to be like. Let's say hello. Spot Conlin. Tommy Brocco is here. Tommy, hi. Hello, Ben. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I was saying to Tommy just a moment ago before we started recording that I can't believe we haven't met. I kind of feel like I'm already your friend, even though this is the first time we're we're getting each other face to face. So we'll we'll fix that from here on out. Sounds good. I'll call you every five minutes. Sorry, it'll be great. Love it. it'll be really, really tame. Not creepy at all. Specs is here. Ryan Steele. Hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thanks for uh, having me. 
Thank you so much for being here. I know you're in the middle of rehearsals for, well, why don't you tell the people what you're rehearsing for? Yeah, I just ran back to my apartment from MCC. I'm rehearsing a new musical called Only Gold. Our first preview is October 5th. Come and see us. Can you, what can you tell us about the show? Sure, yeah. Um, it's um, written and co-written by Andy Blankenbuehler and Temo R. And the music is by Kate Nash. And uh, it's brand new, brand new story, fantastic cast, lots of dancing, lots of amazing original music and some of Kate's old favorites. Um, we're having a great time. Awesome. I'm very excited about that. I have been since I saw the, the notices about that. And Davey Jacobs is here. It was inevitable. Ben Fankhauser. <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, my Broadway buddy. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too. My God, the last time we were together, I'm pretty sure we were getting a, a Vogue lesson on the on the boardwalks of Fire Island. Oh, I'm sure of it. That's, I'm sure of it. Thanks for having me. Hi, um, boys. Also, just want to give you a huge congratulations. Uh, the cast album just came out for a commercial jingle for Regina Comet. Yay, Ben. Thank you. Everybody listening, download it now. Or even yes. better yet, pay for it. Or, or if, that, yes. if that's even a thing. So I want to talk to you guys. It's been 10 years. And uh, what, where in your lives, either before or since Newsies, have, have our paths crossed? I'm sure we've got the Newsies get-togethers and that sort of thing, but um, yeah, have we worked I, together in other contexts? We, I think since we have, but before Newsies, I don't think any of us knew each other really, um, maybe peripherally, but Newsies is what brought all three of us together. Was it love at first sight? Yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Okay. It truly was. Tommy, it was so lucky. I, I'll never... I'll never forget meeting Tommy Bracco for the first time. You you were like one of the first people I really remember meeting at in the rehearsal room over the first few days. You were wearing a leather jacket. And you looked so <laughs> cool in your headshot. And I was like, this guy is so cool. And he's spot common. Like, who, who do we have here? I was like, leather jacket. <laughs> I feel yes, leather jacket. Come through. I also, believe... we started rehearsals in August and you were wearing a leather jacket. I maybe maybe you just wearing a jacket in your headshot. <laughs> Listen, you got to have a look, wear a look, be a look. Yeah. And turn a look. I know that's Turn right. a look. That's what it is. L-E-W-K look. Um, all right. I want to play a quick game just to get us warmed up to the conversation. This is Broadway headline. So I've created a Newsy style Broadway headline that would be in a newspaper. Uh, and the first one of you to jump in and identify what musical this news story is about gets the point. There are extra points if you sing or hum from the show that is involved. Don't be polite. Rip each other limb from limb. This is <laughs> All right. Extra, extra. Residents say meat pies to die for at local bake Sweeney shop. Todd. Sweeney, Todd. Ding, ding, Sweeney Todd. Oh. the tale of Sweeney Todd. Yes. Okay. Extra points for- for, for Davey. Who got it? I, Tommy, I think you, you got in there first. You were quick. Right. You were quick. That's right. That's right. This comes to the business section of the paper. From mail room to boardroom, uh, new. Business without what you're oh, Ryan, that was vicious uh. and correct. <laughs> he's yeah. so amped up right now. He's having a gorilla mm -hmm. panic. <laughs> right now, I'm really getting into it. Okay, let's come go. on, let's go. Let's break a sweat. Um, all right, this is from the Around Town section of the paper. After two and a half hour song and dance competition, Sad Cat cashes in on Ninth Life. Cats? cats. Yeah, it's cats. I don't, what else could it be? Cats. Uh, wait. Oh, like Steel Pier? Oh, wait a minute. Deborah Monk was. <laughs> cats. Um, wait, have you ever done cats? Oh, yeah. No? Hey. No, I haven't. None of you. That's weird. I feel wow. like there would be some sort of really intrinsic Newsies Cats crossover. I'm sure there is. There but... were. There oh, were a our... lot of Newsies that did cats, I remember, but we weren't any of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I can't imagine after Newsies, though, if you would, if, if cats came along, that you would be like, oh no, I did my time. Maybe cats in concert. Yeah, yeah. One quick, one quick uh, kitty skip. What? I don't know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> this is from the behind bar section of the paper. Hashtag kitty skip. Uh, film star arrested for murder. Chicago. 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 Following bizarre police standoff. So it wasn't Chicago? <laughs> it was not Chicago. No, no, no. I, it was not. Uh, <laughs> goes to jail. Kiss me, Kate. Mm. 
Yeah, we can only assume. Yeah, Sunset that's. Boulevard? Yeah, yeah, Sunset Boulevard, of course. Uh, Absolutely. And I really racked my brain for a very long time to come up with the fifth one, but I didn't. So that's it. That's how we play the game. Yeah. And the game is <laughs> over. Well done. Yeah. It's Sunset Boulevard. Good job, Tommy. Oh, Sunset Boulevard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because that whole last scene where she loses her freaking mind and wins the Tony is happening and the police are all there and then she shoots the guy. It's nuts. Um, all right, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Before you were newsy, of course, you were a human of another sort. Uh, I want to know what sort that was and when you got bit by the theater bug, or was it the dance bug, or was it all of the bugs? Fun time, fun things to talk about during a pandemic and a monkeypox outbreak. <laughs> let's give it, give us the cliffs notes. Brian, Brian, where did it all start for you? I started dancing at a dance studio when I was six years old. And um, I think I kind of felt I got bit by the dance bug right away. Um, I really, I loved my dance teacher, Miss Kelly Levine, I love you. Um, it was, and it was just easy like once a week on Fridays until I was about 11 and then I started to take it really seriously. And my sister was in it and um, it turned into a family thing. My dad became the stage manager at my recitals. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, I, I just really fell in love with it. And my first musical was, I was a butler in Annie in a high school production. And then I moved to New York and started working and um, I guess got bit by the theater bug along the way. I was a late starter in theater though. I, I, I knew like dance was my, dance was my shit. And mm -hmm. then it led me into, my first show was West Side Story. So that's an easy sort of, transition sure. into theater um so like i yeah kind of got bit by the bug along the way awesome i feel like i uh, along the way back in your journey i'm pretty sure that i have judged you in dance competitions i'm which sure is you have hilarious yes. but i but i think i scored you really high so thank you so this should go well um how about you tommy um i kind of always like dabbled in theater and uh and dance. I grew up at a competition dance studio. Um, I was doing like community theater, but I never really wanted to do it professionally until after high school. My I went to a performing arts high school and my teachers gave me the courage to go out and do it professionally. And I kind of just did it. I fell into it kind of by accident. It wasn't like I know this is what I want to do my entire life. It was just, uh, it, it kind of happened by accident, but then I just kept going and I fell in love with it. Can you take me back to the community theater productions and tell me what what roles did we did we have in the community theater world? Well, I think one of the highlights one of the highlights would definitely be Chief Powhatan in Pocahontas. Yeah. That was great. Yep. So I played I played the dad. Um, that was fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else? Oh, I did Shenandoah. That yeah, was Shenandoah. Uh, love Shenandoah and. Uh, <laughs> That, that was about it. Then I went to high school. You know what? Oh, I didn't think we'd be talking about Shenandoah at all today. So thank you for that gift. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, I didn't see the conversation going down a Shenandoah pike. Um, ben Fankhauser, how about you? A few things make me happier than a community theater doing a very niche musical. Yeah. It is astounding. Absolutely. Your teachers and your and your directors and everything. Um, I got bit by the theater bug at a really young age. My mom put me in a uh, theater day camp when I was probably like 10 or 11. And I was obsessed with it. I didn't have a ton of friends at school. And all of a sudden at theater camp, I had all these friends. I realized I was good at something like oh, forget it was it, all yeah. a community, you know, work together to make it happen. So my early roles or some of my early star turns were, uh, I was also in, Al uh, in Annie. I was um, Bert. Is that someone in Annie? Bert Healy. Bert. Yeah, Bert Healy. Yeah, you're never Thank fully you. dressed without a smile. Don't be ridiculous. I know that's right. Although I think I shared the, I shared the song with someone. So it was like Bert Healy and his friend, you know? And- um, Bert and Brett Healy. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder Twins. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, among those roles, I actually got to participate in an unauthorized production of Newsies in <gasps> the 90s. Right when the movie had come out, my camp counselors thought they would be cheeky and drum up a sort of all kids version 
of Newsies. And they like took dictation from the movie and made us a script. And we actually had a set of identical twins who played the Delancey sisters. And that was terrific. Oh. I love the Delancey sisters work. They're very, yes. they're so yes. threatening. Uh, so you know threatening. I mean, causing lots of problems. Absolutely. I kind of, I think you've stirred a memory to me. I think in ninth grade, which I'm going to date myself here, Newsies, the movie was not that old. And my like chorus in Utah decided to do a Newsies concert. And I'm pretty sure okay. I did a lyrical duet to Santa Fe and there were oh. Fuete turns, full Fuete turns involved in a singled soul jazz shoe. Oh, that so, sounds beautiful. I'm really Nothing was, better. Not I even a split water. soul yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. You thought it was going to be a wood soul? I thought it was going to be a split soul. I thought we were going to get some oh. jazz, some contemporary jazz, at least. Oh, well, I, I'm telling you, that's like, that's before they had contemporary jazz. <laughs> that's when it was just jazz, lyrical jazz, and funk. Those were, your, sure. those were your options. So 10 years ago, a little Disney show opened on 41st Street at the Nederlander Theater and ran for over a 1,000 performances. Um, it was so long coming. It was so highly anticipated. It had to have been the knockdown, drag out, bloodbath of the century getting into this show. Tell, tell me about your audition process. Um, I think, I mean, at least for the dancers, I bet Ben's was a bit different, but um, there were just, it's every, every male dancer, male identifying dancer in the city um, going in for this. Actually, and for Paper Mill, there were, originally supposed to be two female newsy tracks. Ah. Um, so there, it was pretty a mixed bag near the final callbacks, but that final callback day at Dance Theater of Harlem, tell me you remember this? It was yeah. insane. I hurt myself a little bit of the way through, but I was like, I'm not losing this show. <laughs> we, were so, we were so hungry. The energy in that room was so insane. I've, I've never been in a room like that ever since. And I don't think I ever will, honestly. It's, it was really special. It was really special, yeah. We all just wanted it so badly. How many callbacks are we talking? Uh, four or five. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, and did, when did you, did you along the way at some point go, I got this, this is mine? Never, no. because that last room was just really insane. Yeah, it was, it was they could have amazing dancers. I remember that Chris Catelli said, you know, there were 60 people in the final callback room and they needed 18. He said they could have cast the show three times over with all different people from that room and the show would have been amazing each time. Like every single person was so good. It was the best dancers in the world, I felt like. Yeah. In that room. Oh, it would have had to have been. Yeah. I can't. And even like speaking to, uh, what you were just saying it, it was there that moment that we felt like we we're gonna get it even when we did all get it and we were in rehearsals it wasn't a uh, competitive thing that we had it was just always trying to do better and better and better yeah so it, we like there was never like a feeling of um contentment like just being like I'm here and this is mine it was always just like we were always that hungry for it because we yeah. loved it you know yeah we yeah. were always waiting uh oh, that's, well it's true what was it like for you, Ben? Um, I had a bit of a different experience. Uh, from what I hear, Davey was the last role cast. So I think they had been looking for some time or they lost someone or someone got another job or something. Um, and I remember I wanted to audition for months, but I couldn't, I was in school still. I couldn't get away. And one day I auditioned for like the national tour of the Adams Family, which was uh, by the same ca uh, cast by the same people. And I didn't get that one, but they called me in for Newsies because of that failed audition, which is a story I love. Cause hmm. you know, when one door closes, another one opens, we got to keep the hope alive. And um, I auditioned over two days. I, I like hate to say it. And I'll, I, I've never had an audition process like this since. I mean, it's unheard of. I auditioned yeah. on a Monday afternoon. They said, can you come back and dance at, you know, six or seven o'clock at night? It was me and probably six to eight actor dancers. And woo, I ate it up. I ate it up. I know I did because like, I knew I could compete in a room full of actor dancers. I probably could not compete in a room of dancer dancers. And I was just, it was such a beloved movie for me. And <clears throat> Speaking to what you guys were talking about in terms of like 
it wasn't like, oh, is this going to go to Broadway? Are we going to be good? Like any of that showbiz worry that we've come to sort of like take on as, you know, seasoned professionals was not there. You know, we were at our rawest and we just wanted to, at least for me, I just wanted to do justice to the movie. That movie, I'm sure I'm not alone, like got me so psyched about Broadway, got me so psyched about being a performer. And the the fact that I had that opportunity, it was like, I'm not going to squander this moment. Um, and I'm so nostalgic for that time because the, it was such a pure um, level of like, I want to better myself and just like get close with my company and just do an amazing job rather than like, are we going to go to Broadway? Is this going to be a hit? Am I going to be able to pay my rent? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, it was very pure. I, I've got to imagine too, that was probably due a little bit to the everyone's young age. <laughs> That we weren't thinking For about sure. the green yeah. The, yeah 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 there was a bit of greenery and that definitely helped um and it's the it's the dreamiest job of dreamy jobs for for all, all, everybody who wanted to be there which was everybody do you remember remember yeah. where you were when you got the phone call and how you mm -hmm. responded i love these stories mm -hmm. i was in my I, apartment that wasn't that exciting but i had my roommates around me and we were able to celebrate um did you squeal I squealed and then at the same time my agent was like also Gatelli wants you to be the dance captain and then I pooped my pants a little bit. Okay. <laughs> that's visceral. Yeah. Yeah. Were yeah. you like, did you know what a dance captain was? Well, of course you knew what that was at that point, but yeah, was that something I, you had hoped would be part of your journey with Newsies? Um, I didn't really think about it because I didn't want to swing it. And normally that's the case when you're a dance captain. Sure. Normally, but so I was going to be an onstage dance captain. So I knew that I had my work cut out for me, but mostly I just felt so honored to have the respect from Chris Gatelli that that came with. Um, so I was freaking out, but I was also so honored. Yeah, such hard work, dance captain. What yeah. about you, Tommy? Where were you? I, I was in my kitchen, uh, my parents' kitchen, and I was just pacing back and forth around the island in the kitchen and walking in a circle, talking to my agent, and I was just like freaking out. And that was, that was it. I was with my family. It was really nice. Oh, did they cry? Family cried. Yeah, we all cried. Yeah, was, I'm sure. It was pretty special. Yeah. Also, congratulations on growing up in a kitchen with an island. Um, <laughs> oh, that's Staten Island. It's amazing. Oh, all that room. <laughs> um, how about you, Ben? Where were you? I was also in my kitchen. I was living in a sublet in Inwood, which is at like the very tip of Manhattan. And that's where I got the call for Broadway. And then the call for Paper Mill, I was walking because I lived so far away. I It took me like an hour to get home from my uh, final callback, which was the following morning. And once I got off the train, my agent called me and was like, hey, where are you? Can you come to the office? I think he had something pretty extravagant planned. Um, like, you know, like you book Broadway or whatever it was. But uh, I was like, I'm all the way on the tip of Manhattan. And it took me an hour to get home. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'll just tell you. And then I was like <laughs> on the streets in Inwood and like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, did not really expect to to get it. Like like the boys were saying earlier, like it was just one of those things where it was like, this is just cool to be at the finals. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. And then when the final, when the call finally came in, it was like, oh my God. Well, and in two auditions, no less. I mean, I think I that's know. the power I of walking know. into a room where they are so glad you exist. If they've been looking mm. so hard to find that, it's a perfect, and you were absolutely perfect for that role. Right, I mean, thank you. You know, and question. also speaking, speaking to what you were talking about earlier, like the sort of like us being at our young age and our prime and green, I think that kind of shielded me from taking on the kind of pressure that I might put on myself nowadays being like, Oh, this is a big room with 20 Disney execs in it. You know, like that, that it's a big thing to walk into a room like that and kind of try and own the space. And when you put pressure on yourself, it's hard. Oh yeah. Or the inner saboteur. It I became remember. such a phenomenon so quickly. Did you know in the rehearsal studios as you were rooting each other on and coming up with this and creating this, did you, have that feeling like this is going to hit and it's going to hit big or were you still kind of like, I hope it goes. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was no expectations. Okay. Like I, I, at least this is how I felt. I was like, I'm not expecting it to go to Broadway, but I also feel like this is so big. And this is like, it felt like we were making musical theater history. Like it sure. felt like that's what was happening in the room. Yeah. That it, the energy was like, it didn't feel like it was just a little run at paper mill, but it also 
didn't feel like, oh, we're definitely going to Broadway either. Right. Because the, the trajectory, the trajectory of the show was a three month run at Paper Mill and that was it. And then they were going to license it to regional theaters and schools and stuff. So uh, like near the end of the Paper Mill run, when we realized that the crowds were eating it up and we just like, we wanted it so badly. We wanted to know any information, but we yes. didn't hear anything until all of a sudden we found out that Newsies was performing on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh. <laughs> and, we were, and no one we had told like, you? Oh? Well, it was the per- it was the paper mill production. They hadn't announced Broadway yet. And I think they were just, just got, I don't know. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened, but it was it was something that like we checked in with each other every single day after paper mill closed. Like, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Because it was just something that was so special. And we didn't, I don't even know what Disney knew, but it was. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we, we were just like, there's no way that was the end of the road. This is too special. We we saw what was happening. People were flying from all over the world to come to little bumblefuck New Jersey to see Newsies. Like, we said we could curse, right? So it's okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, bumblefuck is approved. <laughs> Like people are flying from Australia. You don't fly from Australia to see a little quick show and then it just goes away like it never happened. We felt like it was something really special. So like, I actually think like now that we're talking about it and thinking about it, I think at some point I was like, there's no way this is the end. This is, I don't know what's going to happen, but something will happen. This is too big, too special, too like, it just felt like a huge moment in musical theater history. And we felt, we felt that energy. We did. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I kind of knew it all along. Like once we got in the room and we were all just playing, I, I honestly, it was probably the moment that Ryan turned on the papers that really I was like, this is, yeah, this, there's no way this is just like going to be in New Jersey. I'm sorry. Like that's not, <laughs> this can't be for just Jersey. Right. <laughs> it can't be for just Jersey. He's turning on newspapers. Damn it. <laughs> Most of the time, seven shows a week, maybe if I was lucky. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Tommy, let's talk about these people that are flying from Australia. The, the audience reaction to this and to this day remains, and I will tell you this, I am the main stage host of Broadway Con, so I see all the cosplay every year, and the Newsies are still a number one thing. The fan reaction of the fanzies is epic. What was what was your take on? Did you feel like rock stars? I know there were playing cards that were that were put out there at one point. I know when I sat at the Nederlander Theater and watched it. I felt like I was in the middle of a bunch of ravenous animals about to dine on one direction, you know? I remember after our first preview, um, we were given, or right before our first preview, we were given Sharpie markers with our names on them. And I, I mean, my, sorry if my dog's barking. Um, They like dogs. Okay. (laughs) Um, Speaking for myself, I was like, um, Jeremy Jordan's going to need this. Carol Lindsay's going to need this. I'm not going to need this. No one's going to know who I am. No one's going to want my autograph. But like, that's sweet, Disney. Thank you for the Sharpie marker with my name on it. And then I will never forget walking out of the stage door after the first preview and the amount of people there and the screams for every single cast member in the production. And as time went on, they knew all of our names, all of our character names, which this was this was my third Broadway show at the time and that never happens no one like also thank you uh to the writers of the show um for giving every single person on stage a character name for the audience to connect to and relate to and shout out our character names when we walk out of the stage door because that doesn't happen often and that was such a gift as a serial ensembleist like we don't get that a lot you know we're not like I was expecting to walk out leave and then Jeremy Jordan will be there an hour later still sending autographs but that was us <laughs> which was insane yeah. it was so yeah. crazy uh was it thrilling was did it ever get exhausting that stage door me. experience uh, no not for me I mean growing up a theater kid I I grew up in Ohio and my I was lucky enough that my mom took me every year my Hanukkah gift was the season subscription to the touring shows and I was the one lone person at the stage door in the dead of winter in Cleveland, Ohio, trying to get autographs. You found the, the stage door. <laughs> I found the stage theaters. door. I know that's yeah. right. 
you know, and like, yeah, like the second national tour of like freaking whatever it was, cats coming through and I want to meet every person. So I know what it, I remember being that kid and just having a dream and just wanting to meet these people that gave me so much happiness and such a break from my normal everyday life. And so to get to be on the other end of that never got old and it still never gets old. I, I love to be that source of happiness for someone. I think that is like the coolest thing in the world. I mean, look at that that moment with um, our producer Danny's daughter, who's obsessed with that, and was able to see you on yeah. screen for a moment. <laughs> said, "Oh, Davy, makes me laugh." Yeah, yeah I love it. It's That's a legacy, cool. you know. Theater is theater is a legacy. It's passed down. So, to to feel like we are part of that legacy is is so special. What are the most special um, fan gifts that you've received? Hmm. Oh, everyone! Everyone just ate the canary. Everybody just we got had it. No, we had it. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it? It's been ten we, years. You can talk about it. Now. We had a couple. Uh, we hung up a lot of our fan art. That's what kind of was most special for me to see and be reminded of every day. All of our dressing rooms and some of the hallways backstage uh, had fan art hung up. Oh, cool! And some of like the way that fans perceived our characters or. Um, in illustrations or poems or whatever just was really cool to always be reminded like if we were tired one day we would without fail pass some wall of fan art on our way down to the stage and it would give me a little boost you know uh yeah that's gotta feel good that takes time to make yeah. the art pieces forget yeah, about it yeah i mean uh, i got so much got a block of Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Lots of schmackeries. I did get a block of cheese once. That was my favorite. So cheese. <laughs> Tell me I about this. Like, I'm not even kidding, Ben. It was probably, I need something in here to show how big it was. <laughs> it was like, was it a wheel of cheese? I can't find anything. It was a block as big as my head of Swiss, baby Swiss cheese. And it was like, addressed to me but there was it didn't have a card like it didn't say who it was from so we were all bugging out we were like posting like who sent the baby swiss and we finally got to the bottom of it we found out who sent it it was some guy but it was so it was so funny and that was definitely the most obscure gift that i ever got in my life still like i i no one's ever gotten me a huge block of cheese the size of my head but mm. i loved it it was great we put because it was a baby swiss cheese we put like baby arms in it we had like oh. a whole oh. on it. It, we were always being so stupid backstage and like doing the craziest things mm. it was so many like funny moments back there like that was for me that was the best part of the entire uh experience <laughs> like we had cut sandwiches for a week how, how long Tommy did that... jelly sandwiches from the dressing room yeah yeah i could have true? been seriously do you know the whole story of receiving a, a not a non uh addressed cheese makes me feel that's like the first 10 minutes of a law and order episode <laughs> yeah. yes like, I okay. actually, it, it did feel a little bit like that at first i remember thinking Buckle like up. why do i yeah. feel violated by this cheese but then we cracked the code <laughs> Then we cracked the code and we figured out who it was and it wasn't yeah. bad anymore. Oh my gosh, yeah. why eat it when you can dress it up? That's what I say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was blown away when I got to see the final product of the show and, and feel that energy from the audience and just be overwhelmed. I felt like the talent was rolling off the stage like a tsunami and hitting this audience. And there's this wonderful back and forth exchange. And I, and I don't even think that I saw the show very early on in the run, but it, the energy was still so intense and the performance is so impressive talk take me into the rehearsal room um Ooh. as you're hmm, that's this is as inside the actor studios this is gonna get uh inside the rehearsal room tell me a little bit about that process were there was it so physically strenuous was there like a group warm-up that had to happen uh were there big moments that you loved that got cut or changed um yeah go ben no, I'm, I'm I'm just thinking. I mean, I, I maybe y'all can talk about the circus the Gurkhas because that's I feel like the, the 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 main thing. I'm surprised we didn't have like a company warm up every day, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I th I think everyone was pretty diligent in terms of warming themselves up. Also, we were like 
20 and under. <laughs> so like <laughs> besides Aaron Obano. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> Who wanted very much to be with us today, but sadly he's he's, um, he's Hamiltoning up right now. So yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that little show Hamilton. You know, um, you've heard of yeah. that. Uh we, yeah. We go, Ben. <laughs> no, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. No, Ben, you go. This is far too oh, okay. I'll just ben, tell a quick anecdote. Okay, I'll, I'll tell a quick anecdote about it. So, so we had Ryan's going to speak more on it, and maybe Tommy. We had a day, I, I, like our first or second day of rehearsal, probably our first, called Circus McGurkis, where it was like everyone bring your tricks and special skills into the room so Chris can see what we all can do and he can build the show around us. I think that's what makes Chris Catelli very special is that he is in tune with what his people can do. He's not the kind of choreographer that makes it up in his mind and goes, "Okay, here are the moves, do them." It like he's building it around us. And I'm like, okay, Circus McGurkis, sure. I had no idea I was going to be in a room with the best dancers in the world. So I showed up with my split sole jazz shoes, uh, maybe a tap, I don't know, my wide leg jazz pants. Yeah. And um, it was like ready to dance. And then I met all the guys and saw the tricks they were doing and promptly like sunk into the corner and was like, I don't, I don't know if I belong here. <laughs> Put back your hula hoop. Right, right. My ribbon dancing. Yes. <laughs> um, what was that? Was there a day that was particularly tough, Tommy, in rehearsal? Oh, my God. So, <laughs> okay, so on opening night, I was so excited. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even believe, like, the energy from the audience. I truly was just like, my adrenaline could not shut off. Like I couldn't, I couldn't shut my body off. I so I did not, I didn't sleep at all the night after our first preview. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> then I came in the next day and I accidentally ate energy beans. They were like jelly beans, <laughs> but they had caffeine in them. They didn't have, they, I didn't know that these jelly beans had caffeine in them. And I was eating them like you would eat jelly beans, like handfuls. And I went home that night and for the second night in a row, I could not fall asleep. So now I'm running on literally not sleeping at all two nights in a, in a row. This that we just finished our second preview. I had to call out of the show in the third preview because I was so like, I couldn't sleep. I felt like I was like getting like paranoid. I was like getting delusional, like things weren't making sense. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. So I literally had to call out of the show on the third preview because I was so, I just couldn't come down. And mind you, Tommy is normally the person that we all call on for a pep talk before the show. Right. Like every special performance that we have on Dancing with the Stars, on ABC, the Tony Awards, we're like, okay, we need a Tommy pep talk. So when Tommy walked in and was a little bit tired and down, we were like, what's wrong? He's like, I had too many energy beans. Energy. We knew it was bad. <laughs> Oh it was God. so bad that was my hardest day like calling out of the third preview like i didn't want to call out but i literally hadn't slept and i felt like i was losing my mind so i was like i think i have to stay home <laughs> listen the witch in into the woods was right don't ever mess around with the beans i guess hey. oh that's right hey. i'm a i'm a homosexual um <laughs> So talk to me, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how special it was uh, that every character was given its due and, and, and a name. Um, I want to talk about finding your character in a sea of characters. I'd like to start um, in what you found in yourself to bring to Davey, Ben, and, uh, and what you learned about him along the way. Totally. I, well, you know, I was a big fan of the movie, so I, I knew Davey pretty well. I knew he sang Seize the Day. I knew he was kind of like the brains where Jack was kind of the heart. Um, and that's kind of where I started with it. And um, Harvey wrote a great, adapted a great script. And I felt like my audition scenes particularly had all the information I needed in terms of how to, uh, you know, what to do with Davey. It was very clear to me he was not from wherever I was in that moment, you know, when they're going on strike in front of the, wherever they are, when they go on strike, Davey had never been there. So it was really easy for me, Ben, to channel the sort of new kid on the block vibe. Mm. You know, I, I, uh, so that was very easy for me to access. I didn't even have to, it's not even like I had to access it. It was just like, I, I get it. I know what that's like. So, um, for me, that's really what, what is the core of Davy is he's a fish out of water. He's a kid in a place that, that he's never been before. And he's, uh, he's a smart guy and he's an empath and he 
uh, recognizes um, when when change needs to happen. You know, his his father got in some kind of dramatic accident with and got laid off, and they didn't have any benefits. And this was pre unions, so this kid was smart enough to know this isn't right. You shouldn't get hurt on the job and then have it be your fault and get fired. You know, and I think that's what puts this idea in his head. It's like, okay, even though we're kids, they can't just mistreat us and ask us to just keep working. That doesn't seem right. And so he kind of brings his his brains to the operation. And, um, you know, one of my favorite dynamics is Jack and Davey in one of the early scenes in The World Will Know. It's almost like Jack is translating Davey's voice to the newsies because Davey's saying all these brainy things and Jack is like yeah they gotta understand we work hard you know and then everyone's like yeah now we get it uh, so um so it was a lot of for me about just like making sure I stayed on that one side of that dynamic so that I I could give myself an arc that by the time act two came around Davey finds a place of belonging he feels like he knows who he is he gets his people around him and uh it was a very satisfying thing to be able to to craft that. And again, just hands off to Harvey, who wrote it in the script. So it's I'm not saying I made that up out of nowhere. I mean, it was I just took what he did and um and it came very easily and I, and I was so happy to be there. And I love Davey. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Sometimes we don't love our characters that we play. I always like to ask people if they what they dislike about their characters as well. Yeah. Now, what about spot and um spot and specs here? Um, what are the what are the dirty secrets about those characters that you that you kept? Uh, well, I in mind? think that I think that like to speak on what we were saying before about Circus McGurkis, that like Chris encouraged us to br he built the show around us. Yeah, they even Chris, um, Jeff Calhoun, the whole creative team, they very much allowed us to bring ourselves to these characters. So I never felt like I was fully diving into somebody that was so different from who I am I almost felt like I was like bringing myself to spot and that like was so rewarding because uh we left our like handprint on this show then because we made choices that that are still being done in the productions in all over the country all over the world today you know what I mean? So like that came from us and I feel like that was super special. And I, I remember feeling like that at the time. And I never like, I, I I'll always appreciate that about the show. Also, Tommy, you're when you weren't playing spot and you were playing a newsie, your mm -hmm. newsie name was Tommy boy, which was how named after you. Oh, how freaking cool is that? Like, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And that people, was totally coincidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Harvey, I think Harvey named it for on. They you. did that for us. Yeah, they needed to name a few other newsies, so they picked that name for my newsie. It was great. Also, so Mike cool. Feist playing Mike. Yep. Oh yeah. And then uh, playing Ike. <laughs> Mike and Ike. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ryan? Um, yeah, everything what Tommy said. It just felt it felt really organic. Um, uh, Harvey did such a great job at. Uh, spreading out the involvement of characters and um but in terms of characterization and and who they are it was really just us spending the newsies spending time with each other and even on stage stuff like who was who was uh joking around on stage was turned into uh race <laughs> you know what i mean like like the characteristics that they saw in the room because we didn't even we weren't i wasn't cast as specs I was cast as newsy as cast and we had about three days, four days oh, cool. yeah. in the well, they... room and our first table read, I read for half of Henry and half of, I don't even think I read, and maybe I did half of Specs and half of Henry and they just kind of played around with where we existed. Um, and then once we were placed, it even got uh, just more specific as we spent more and more time together. Like I remember there were so many scenes where we're back in the um, towers and we're just bantering and existing as newsies. And that just, um, that informed a lot for me, I guess. Yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool process. And it's fun to, um, to look back at it like this. I haven't really thought about it in this way in um, a long time. That yeah, reminds well, me, yeah. sorry, Ben, that reminds me that Ryan Breslin at one point played Romeo. 
And I remember yeah. that because we were choreographing like a fight or something. And I was like, Romeo. And I like had a thing with him. And yeah. And um, Jeff Calhoun also, just like Chris, was so great about letting us bring ourselves to the roles at, that a lot of times the way we would block a scene would just start with, all right, get, you know, get up there. And it's like you'd go stand by your friend or you'd go do be silly. And then sort of morphed its way into the blocking. Yeah, that's a I think a very special thing that a, for a director to 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 empower their their actors like that and to yeah. trust your actors with. Sure. Um, right. All right. Quickly, we got to move to the Newsies lightning round. Uh, most difficult number to perform in the show. Seize the day. Seize the day. Yeah. Seize the day. Seize the day hands down. Uh, yeah. Favorite moment to perform in the show. Once well, and for all. That's well, a good one. I'll I'll say King of New York. That that is a really good answer because there is something special about just like riding those towers downstage. Woo! Like Woo! you can and and the way Gosh. it was lit, you could see the entire audience and everyone yeah. was just gagged. It was uh, ugh, it was yeah. everything. But King of New York too was just like so special. Also like as a non dancer getting to like tap dance on Broadway. Baby, you can tap Ben Kinghauser. You are not okay. a non dancer. Enough with that. <laughs> That's why I love you. So coy. <laughs> <laughs> now you own you own well, hi. <laughs> He said koi. Oh, oh. We we have an inside joke about the koi because at Paper Mill there's a famous koi pond. Oh. And you just said koi. It's, it's I, famous to us. I don't know how famous it is, but it's famous to us. Oh, it's a huge, yeah, it's a worldwide famous. You seen those koi? They're like a foot long. Well, they'll keep growing as long as you give them space. Forget about it. <laughs> Terrific fish, just an, an, an amazing fish. <laughs> One of my favorites, really. Um, craziest onstage mishap for you? One time I split my pants from knee to knee as I was about to do a leapfrog. That's, um, for those of you don't listening who don't know what that is, I'm jumping over a human body, probably about six and a half feet in the air at this, its peak with my entire crotch of my pants split open and my legs are wide open in the second position. Wow, that's that's Highlight. vulnerable, is what that is. That Highlight. was vulnerable. And well, worth the price of admission for the audience. Right, that lottery, that the lottery ticket. The lottery winners. Oh my <laughs> gosh, did they faint? They must have fainted. There had to be swooning. I hope so. Uh, I hope there was some fainting. <laughs> what about you, Tommy? My biggest mishap was when I really had to go to the bathroom during oh. the entire act two, and then finally I cut out for bows and I went and took a shit off stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst smelling shit. Everybody was bugging out afterwards. They would, but I, it was one of those, like, I had one of those like attacks where your, your face turns white, pale white. I was <laughs> dripping sweat throughout the entire act two. And it was really, really painful. Um, but I made it through and then I caused a big commotion. Uh, and that was definitely my most embarrassing moment and biggest mishap. I'm so happy you can talk about it now. Yep. We're, we're like we said earlier, I'm an open book. We, we're all yeah. open books here, so that's it. Uh, how about you, Ben? <laughs> that makes me nostalgic for the Needlelander, which is notoriously a very small theater, not meant for a gigantic yeah. musical like Newsies, where there were like probably a total of like three bathrooms in the entire building like and that we all had to share. Um, yeah. Okay, so my, my one of my biggest onstage mishaps, um, okay, when we were in previews, this is so rare for me. I don't know why I, I try not to go up on my lines. It doesn't really happen very often. I'm knocking on wood right now. And for whatever reason, I don't know what was going on. Uh, I went up on almost an entire scene worth of lines. And this is the scene in question that I was actually just telling you about where Davey is saying, this isn't right. We're working and they're denying us rights. And then Jack sort of translates that to street talk to the newsies. Mm -hmm. And I fully went up on my lines. And so I was like kind of floundering and it was like spot a moment where it's like spotlight, say your lines. And I'm like, um, they, uh, we work so hard. And, and Jeremy is looking at me like, looking like, Hmm, where, I wonder where this is going to go. And he goes, yeah, we work so hard. What else? <laughs> and I was like, um, and it's not right. And he's like, yeah, it's not right. What else? And then I was like, ah, and then he saved me and started like saying my lines. And it just so happens that that was the day that they were taping the show for like archival purposes for the stage oh, yeah. management team to teach the show to people. And to the, review dance captain. the dance captain. And the so dance I, captain. So who someone. So maybe on the 25th anniversary, I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll leak that footage. And of all the days to <laughs> oh. go up on my lines. 
to have it immortalized in the show and like the, the, the you know like it was pretty embarrassing and uh i got made fun of a lot but <laughs> god that makes me happy um i know we want we've got to be respectful of time here and i know ryan you've got to make a you got to bounce out there and take care of the body take care of the money maker i'm uh, not a museum anymore yeah listen no. listen and i'm not and i never was so we can a decades all... a long time look a lot changes yeah over 10 years. a lot can happen there's a lot of walking in between that so ryan thank you so much uh for thank being here and spending your time me. with us and um i've remained a devoted fan and can't wait to see you again in likewise ben love you rye guy love you all you. thanks ryan. for listening i have broadway listeners <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh love you ryan love you bye it's not common that a show regularly gets standing ovations in the middle of a show um but Newsies did. Newsies had this happen regularly. And for such a taxing show, I'm sure I can't imagine how spent you were by the end of prepping for the show, doing the show, stage dooring after the show. Um, what? How powerful is that reaction from an audience um, when you've got to push through an eight show week or a nine show week, you know, it's all, or a changing schedule? Uh, and how, how did that move and inform your performances? God, I, that, that is so that, that is so special uh the i'm gonna say something about you tommy which i don't know if you're gonna like or not but the, 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 that is like, that is such a special feeling and when i hear you say that you know it, it i for me i never felt like oh thank god they're standing up because i need a second to catch my breath i mean yes we had our inhalers on the side of the stage yes we were breathless to the point of like i don't know if i'm gonna this is going to be an asthma attack or if I'm going to be okay, we'll see in the next five seconds. But like, it was never like, oof, thank God I have this break. It was like, I can't believe they're standing up. I can't believe they love it so much. I'm so glad I just gave all I had. I do it again. And I'm going to tell a quick anecdote about Tommy because I love you so much. And one of my favorite memories of you was on our, I believe it was our first preview on Broadway when we did Carrying the Banner and I got to live all the glory of the applause of Carrying the Banner without having to do any of the work in the number because my character entered at the very end. <laughs> and so I got to be there like for the button <laughs> and people are on their feet and clapping and I'm like, yeah, that's right. And all I did was walk in. Yeah. Everyone's like panting out of breath. And it's a freeze, you know, I go like freeze, button, freeze, applause. And Tommy, I see out of the corner of my eye, Tommy is looking all around the theater. He does not know where to freeze. He is like taking, because people are standing up, people are cheering, they're yelling, they're throwing roses at us. He is like looking all over the place. And I'm like, we're in full freeze right now, except for Tommy Boy, who is like having his dreams come true right now. And it was, I mean, I know we all wanted to look around and there were some darting eyes. Yes. But Tommy was like, I don't give a fuck about this freeze. I am fully like just going to take in this moment because this is a once in a lifetime moment. And I think we all felt that. And I think we were all Tommy Boy in that moment. Um, you remember this? Oh, I remember this. Aaron Albano called me the oscillating fan. That was my <laughs> name because my head, he said during this freeze, was just going left to right, <laughs> left to right. The only was, movement on stage, frozen. mind you, not for like you know a good forty-five seconds. Just fully making sure you take in every bit of adoration that's flying off the balcony. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was just like so. You know what it is too, because I come from the dance competition world. So like in that world, you are screaming for your friends when they're on stage. It is like what you do. But then when I went to, when I got into theater, it was like, you know, you get a nice applause. Like it's like sensible. It's, it's very sweet. It's very cute. But then Newsies came along and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I haven't experienced this in theater. Like this is insane. So it meant the world to a bunch of us, I think, coming from the dance world, especially because that's like what you did growing up. I mean, not even just the dance world, like even doing shows in high school, when your friends would be on stage and a number would finish, you would scream your your faces off yeah. for them. Like that's what we did as kids. Love and like, of La Mancha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Shenandoah. Man of La Mancha. It doesn't matter what it was. You're screaming. So to hear that happen in the theater on Broadway, I that was something I hadn't experienced on Broadway. Like even seeing shows, I hadn't seen that happen before. 
So right. it did feel special and I did want to take every minute in of it. And I, I right. did, I did move on that freeze. That's, I love that. So that's such an organic, authentic moment. Um, mm-hmm. So now that you particularly uh, have been immortalized uh, in the, in the taped version of the show, tell me about the impact of that and, and Newsies, there's new fans coming in and, and what was either filming that like, or what has the legacy been? of being part of that? Well, the filming of it was really crazy, really fun and amazing. Kind of like you're seeing a miracle happen around you. Um, And there's so many moving parts. You know, I think we've had, I don't know, 11 cameras going. That's a lot. When we were shooting, I mean, it was really, it was like very Hollywood and very cool. Um, and at the same time, we were doing our same old newsies that we'd loved for many years. And we got to meet new people that have been doing it on tour. And it was a, it was a very special experience. And um, in terms of the legacy, I, you know, it's still kind of, I think we're still kind of early into the quote legacy of this movie. Um, and I feel it by, I get to meet young people who are like, in their early teens or even like in their adolescent years who would have never gotten to see the show in New York, you know, they're, they're, maybe they weren't even freaking born, born at that yet, point, but yeah. like, you know, but the fact that they get to see what we did on Broadway, what we did on stage, what we made together, the fact that they get to see that in a professional, like in, in, in a way that was shot just so beautifully. I, I mean, it, I, I pinch myself constantly. That is, I, I'm not, that is not lost on me how like rare that is and how special that is. And I, I kind of can't believe that I'm part of that. And it makes me so happy as a former theater kid who loved my mu- movie musicals too, you know? And so to, to get to be that face that people recognize, that, that, that is pretty cool. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Tommy? Yeah, I, I mean, basically just echoing everything that Ben just said, it's very like just surreal. Like I still like kind of can't believe it. It, don't, it feels like another lifetime ago at this point. Um, and I, I mean, I'm just so grateful. Like I'm so grateful that it happened. I wish I could do it over again. I wish I could like feel that now, honestly. Um, it was so special. And I think like, Uh, It was just, it was so special for so many, in so many different ways. Like it was special for like the bond that we had, the cast, but it was also special for the, the change that the show was bringing and how it affected people. Like we said, like going outside and like people go nuts at the stage door because it moved them. It changed them. It made a difference in their lives. Even the fact that like, we're still doing this, this is 10 years later, nothing's happening with me but like it's still relevant to like talk about it because it was it made that much of an impact uh I didn't like realize at the time when when I was cast like when we first started this out like that we would still be talking about Newsies all these years later like I just didn't know at the time um but Newsies is still special it's still meaningful it's still it still is relevant and it's it's because it was truly one of a kind and it was there was something very special about it you can't deny it and everybody feels it when they do the show now i'll have people write to me online and they'll say there's something about this show i'm doing it right now and i can't put my like can't put my finger on it what it is but i've never felt this way performing in a show before in my entire life and People are feeling that all theater kids all over the world now. And we felt that that's exactly how we felt. And it's still mm-hmm. stuck. It's, it's still stuck with us all these years later. We still feel the, the residual effects of Newsies on Broadway, Newsies, the movie. Um, it's still like a part of us and it always will be. And I hope that it will be for all the people that are doing it out now. You know, I hope that it, it, it has that same effect on them. Well, that is about mm. the most beautiful cap to this conversation I could imagine. Mm. Um, if you're driving and listening and you're crying now, please do pull over. <laughs> uh, we don't need to be a hero getting over to medieval times tonight. Um, all right, <laughs> gentlemen, I thank you so much for your time. This has been such a wonderful hang. And um, I am such a big fan of all three of you. And uh, I wish you continued success. And that I hope 
that I will get to see you in real life very, very soon. Thank you again with all my heart. See you soon. Yes. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a fan. We love you. Uh, I could have talked to them for hours. Want to say thanks to Ben, Ryan, and Tommy for taking this trip down Newsy memory lane with me. My inner child is forever damaged and will always feel left out. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate and review us. You can uh, share us with your friends. Tell everybody you know about the show. Also, if you'd like to support us further, remember you can do so on Patreon. You can click the link in the liner notes. Always a fun thing to say. Link in the liner notes to support us. And you're going to get specially made content just for you, our Patreon family. All right, my friends. I'm your Broadway buddy. Uh, Broadway buddy. What is my name? My bro- Your Broadway buddy. I am your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying have a great show. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.